Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So for today, uh, I have an episode from a friend of mine, Gabe Guevara, and uh, it's a friend from church, and he's really put together a really good Bible lesson I asked him to do. We were talking a while back, and he was just talking about how important it is not to live in condemnation and as we're we're talking about the things of God not leaving people in condemnation but sharing beyond just the you know salvation of God from sin but to move on into the victory that we have in Christ and I just really appreciate him sharing that with me and uh, it's been a blessing to me so I asked him if he'd be willing to put together an episode kind of just discussing some of that and some of the scriptures around it and I, I really appreciate him taking the time to do that. I trust that it'll be a blessing to you as well. And uh, right now I'm kind of in the process of relocating my studio. And so everything's packed up in boxes and it's going to be a little while. So I really appreciate him getting this together so you have something in the meantime. So without further ado, like I said, this is my friend Gabe. So salvation is a wonderful thing. Everyone, I mean, the, the scriptures talk about all of heaven rejoicing over one person turning to the Lord. Um, the Lord leaves the 99 to go after the one. And so we celebrate salvation with those who come to salvation. Everyone has to go through it um, to be with Jesus. So it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, but we can't stay there in salvation. See, Jesus paid for salvation, but he also paid for a life that was just so wonderful for us that we just have to go after um a lot of times when we come to salvation there's a sorrow that had led us there some sometimes is a tragedy or, or just something that led us there and and eventually leads to our sorrow of what we've done in our in our life uh when when the holy spirit convicts us so there's a, a passage, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. And so that sorrow is a good thing. It's a good thing that leads us to the cross. It's a good thing that leads us to Jesus. But we can't stay there. And sometimes the enemy wants us to stay there, even if we are saved, because then we become ineffective for the kingdom. Because once we're in Christ, there's no condemnation. So. Romans 8 1 says, There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our current sin, which is different from the enemy that condemns us for our past sin that has been washed by the blood. And all we need to do to get rid of our current sin is just repent, change our mind. Um, so, what's this life that Jesus is talking about? In John 10 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And this abundant life is is really just moving beyond moving beyond salvation and not that we forget it because we continually remember in communion what Jesus has done and and the past that we've been forgiven from and even the current future the current and the future that we we are being forgiven from as well because we're not perfect 
but we want to move beyond this state of sorrow um, that initially led us to the cross. So Roman um, uh, Hebrews six one rather says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. So that maturity is is discovering the life that Jesus paid for for us on the cross. So Ephesians two four through six says this. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's break this down a little bit. Number one, his great love. Number two, we are alive together with Christ. And number three, we are seated in the heavenly places. So what is his great love? What does that look like? Well, Galatians 5.1 says this. It was for this freedom that Christ has set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you once removed. So this, it, let's just meditate on this a little bit. Christ didn't set us free so we could put on other yokes of slavery. He set us free for freedom. Now, when we put on a yoke that Jesus has given us, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That is a choice. That is something that we choose. When Paul talks about being a slave or a servant for Christ, it's a bond servant. And bond servants are some, somebody that freely gives up their life to serve rather than being a slave. So the slavery he's talking about here um, really is a slavery of sin. And when you're a slave to something, you listen to the master. So the master is the sin, and you're being a slave to it. So he has broken that yoke and set us free from that yoke. And so he talks, he says, stand firm and do not be subject to it again. Don't go back to that old thing that you got set free from. You've already been set free from it once. You don't need for Jesus to set you free again, you just remember that he set you free. Okay, so let's continue in that in that thought. How how else does he love us greatly? So Romans 8, 15 through 16 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Or in our terms, it would be Daddy. <laughs> Very intimate term. The Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. So his great love set us in right standing with the Father, that we, he might adopt us and we can become his children because we are his children. He's, Jesus paid the price to restore us back to our Father because that's what the Father wanted. He manifested his love for us through his Son so that, so that we could be made in right standing with him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we are also his children, and we are also put in right standing, or we we are also becoming the righteousness of God, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We don't even, we can't earn it. Our, Our good deeds are filthy rags in the eyes of the Father. 
<laughs> so we can only say, yes, Lord, we accept your unsurmountable gift, this unearned, undeserved gift to become your righteousness. All right, so let's look at number two, alive together with Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are now alive with Christ. And so when, to think about this, it, it, it takes a little bit because God made us individually, but now when he sees us, he also, he sees Jesus. It's no longer the sin in us that the Father sees because Jesus already paid for that and he's not getting back up on the cross. His, his payment was sufficient so that we could be seen as Christ. We could be made right with the Father. And so the beautiful thing about this is now when God sees us, he sees Jesus and we can receive these beautiful words. When, when the Father saw Jesus when he was getting baptized by John the Baptist in Luke 3.22, he said, you are my beloved son and in you I am well pleased. And now that's for us because the Father sees Jesus in us. So he says to you, he says to you, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, and you I am well pleased. And we can't do anything to earn that. We can only receive it. All right, so number three, seated in heavenly places. This is this is really the power that God is is bestowing upon us now. In Ephesians 1, 19 through 21, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So to understand this a little bit better, um, we need to understand that the life we live in is not just what you see. There's, there's heavenly places that are in the reality that we live in that we cannot see. Um, and so let's look at Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it's where these, it's where these wicked spirits come and attack us in the heavenly places. It's where our emotions reside. And so it's where we can uh, get attacked by these powers and principalities, rulers of the darkness, um, but it's also where we connect with God. It's also where the angelic beings reside to fulfill God's will. Um, and so that is where the battle takes place. But because we are seated in the heavenly places, we are seated above these things. We are seated above the principalities, above the power, the might, dominion, every name that is named. So even though there are spiritual forces of wickedness and darkness, we are seated above them is what we're told. And so that reality has to sink into our 
minds and our hearts. Because if not, we will not know our identity in Christ and we will be subjected to the powers of darkness. And it's really a, an authority thing. So Matthew 28, 18 says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so the authority that, that Jesus has been given because he is in us, we have the authority too. There's a difference between power and authority. Power, you can exert force on people. Authority means you have the highest power. That means others will submit to the highest power. And that, that's what Jesus is. He is the supreme authority who lives in us. First John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God, and I have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And so we can take victory in Christ because he lives in us. He is greater than the one in the world. So to have new life in Christ and everything that Jesus paid for, he bestows upon us great love. We are alive together with Christ, and we are seated in the heavenly places. Again, I just want to thank Gabe for that. Um, you know, it's such a great reminder just to look at the scriptures and, and how much God has promised us that we are are given victory over the difficulties in life and, and over the things that the enemy throws at us and that it is a very real spiritual battle. And uh, I just want to close out in the second part of that chapter 8 of Romans, uh, which tells us, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening, and until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.